back. This is the First and Forever podcast, episode two. I'm Trevor. And I'm Morgan. Morgan, we had a crazy slate of games last weekend, ton of upsets, lots of storylines. But what was your biggest takeaway from the slate of games? Jordan Love was not feeling the love from <laughs> Green Bay Packers. Um, yeah, neither was his mom or his girlfriend, uh, at least from the Chiefs anyway. If you did not see, the Kansas City Chiefs stuck them both at the very, very top of Arrowhead Stadium, the last possible row they could have been sat in. Seems to be a little bit of gamesmanship here by the Chiefs. That's just petty. It's petty. Well, I mean... Yeah, sure, it is a little petty, but this is the National Football League, and these coaches are going to do anything they can to get that win. So, Aaron Rodgers is out. Jordan Love played terribly. So, does this mean that Aaron Rodgers has the leverage to stay with Green Bay if he wants to? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think he has all the leverage at this point. Um, A couple of years ago, Uh, the Green Bay Packers in the offseason they move up into the first round they draft Jordan Love to seemingly replace Aaron Rodgers Uh, I don't think they meant to do it right away however um, the writing was then on the wall this is what's going to happen you know because of COVID we didn't really get the chance to see Jordan Love in the preseason last year Um, and the Packers did a really good job of keeping it a mystery you know how he was progressing how he was doing so you know, we talked about this in episode one. This is going to be, you know, a, a big moment for Jordan Love in his career, and he came out there and did not have a good game. So, I think the Packers know that they're going to have to go back to the drawing board uh, to find a replacement for Aaron Rodgers. Aren't you happy that the Colts didn't get Jordan Love? Yes, um, I am happy. I did once upon a time think that the Colts should have made that move. Um, they ended up getting Phillip Rivers and now Carson Wentz. So good thing I'm not running a pro team because um, it seems like I would have made the same mistake that the Green Bay Packers made. But I think at this point, Aaron Rodgers, if he does want to come back, the Green Bay Packers are going to offer him an extension. Um, like I said, if he wants to come back, I guess he could always leave. So, due to Aaron Rodgers being on COVID protocol, he's not practicing this week. Do you think they have what it takes to win on Sunday against Seattle? You know, um, Vegas seems to think so. It's, you know, looking at the protocol, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's going to get the game plan uh, virtually this week. He's working from home, you know, now that he's quarantining. He will be able to return to the facility on Saturday, the day before the game. So I'm not sure, you know, as good as Aaron Rodgers is, as smart as he is, football is a game of timing and rhythm. And if you're not there with your teammates to practice throughout the week, you are going to be in a disadvantage, um, you know, against your opponent. So that's quite a lot of adversity to overcome, especially against a, a good Seattle team with Russell Wilson now coming back from his injury. So on the Chiefs side of things, they were playing against a backup quarterback and still were barely able to win the game. Is that Mahomes' fault? Is it the offense's fault? Yeah, well, I think they are one and the same. As Patrick Mahomes goes, so does the offense. Even though they're loaded with talent, they have Tyreek Hill, they have Travis Kelsey. Their offensive line is not great, I mean, but there are only a few great offensive line groups in the NFL. Um, You know, historically, 
Patrick Mahomes has been good enough to overcome that. But, you know, this year there seems to be a trend where he is just trying to play hero ball. He is forcing the ball way downfield, even though uh, these receivers are heavily covered. There are more safe options, um, you know, closer to the line of scrimmage that he seems to overlook. So I think part of that also falls on the head coach, Andy Reid. Um, who is held in a very high regard across the league as one of the best offensive minds uh, to ever coach. So I think they just need to take a deep breath, you know, go back to the basics, quit trying to do so much every single play. I mean, football is a, it's a four quarter game. Um, You know, you don't have to get it all in one drive. And I think that's, you know, that seems to be the, the mistakes or that seems to be where the most of the mistakes are coming from. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, they played a backup quarterback, and they barely got it done. Uh, You know, Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show. He was asked about this. And, you know, Aaron, he he gave a good answer. He said that, you know, quarterbacks, just like um, any other high-performing athlete, they can get the yips. They can lose their confidence. But in one play, you know, they can get it back. And at the very end of that game, Patrick Mahomes made an excellent play to seal the, the win for the Chiefs. Um, third and 10, he ran out of the pocket and off of one foot threw it to his guy, Tyreek Hill. Um, and it was a typical Patrick Mahomes play, something that we were used to seeing last year and the years prior. So hopefully for Patrick Mahomes, he can build on that play and, and he can come out next week ready to go uh, against the Raiders. Yeah, I agree. I think he's just trying to make every play like the play, the wow play that people are going to talk about the next day on all the sports talk shows. And, I mean, you can't have every play be talked about the next day. Um, So hopefully they can just get their mojo back. Um, Moving on, the Browns played the Cincinnati Bengals and beat them. Surprisingly, I expected the Bengals to win. I don't know about you, but what are your thoughts? Well, in episode one, I think we both agreed that this was going to be a close game. I think, you know, the narrative was that Baker was in trouble. Baker, you know, coming off of an injury, we saw his backup out there, Case Keenum, play a pretty well game. He managed the game well, and and you know, the left tackle on the team who sent a progressive commercial with Baker was at the podium and said, well, we didn't really notice any difference, which for the people listening, if you're at your job and you miss a week, if you're on vacation and you come back and people around you at the the lunch table say, yeah, we barely even noticed you were gone. It doesn't make you feel great about the work that you've done, especially if you, if you hold yourself as a, you know, highly regarded player. And I think we all know Baker thinks of himself very highly. Uh, that's, that's not good for the ego. But with that being said, Baker came out there on Sunday, silenced a lot of critics. The Browns took control of that game and never gave it back, putting up over 40 points, which is pretty hard to do in the NFL. So kudos to Baker for shutting me up, for shutting a lot of the critics up. Um, I just feel like he always has to prove himself every week. Like nobody believes that he's actually a good quarterback. Well, I'm sure Cleveland does. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Cleveland against the world, right? And, and at least that's how they view um, that's how they view things. But, no, there, there's a lot of truth to that. You know, Baker Mayfield was a transfer quarterback in college. 
you know, originally from Texas Tech, had to transfer to Oklahoma, and he had to beat out other people to become the starter. So I think he's carried that chip on his shoulder um, since then. But, I mean, let's be real here. Baker Mayfield was the first overall pick in the first round when he was drafted. So clearly the Cleveland Browns believed in him. That's why they drafted him so high. Um, So it's nice to see him come out there and really put on a good performance. And then we had the Cowboys play the Broncos. Oh boy. In a complete upset. I don't even know what happened. Do you? No, I don't think anyone watching that game um, here in Dallas expected to see what we saw. And <laughs> you can add Jerry Jones to that list. I think Jerry Jones, he went on the radio the following Monday and said, now. Uh, me and Mike McCarthy, we designed the game plan. We looked at the game plan. And we felt really good about the game plan. And we just didn't expect the Broncos to have as much success as they did. We expected, uh, I get in typical Jerry fashion, even though they got their butts kicked on Sunday, let's be honest, Jerry Jones somehow tried to make it appear as though they were ready for that game. But anyone with a set of eyes could see that the Cowboys came out there and they were not ready to play. We see this sometimes. It's referred to as a trap game where there's a clearly a better team going up against a uh, inferior opponent. It's very easy for the human beings that are involved in the sport to to think, okay, we got this in the bag. We can take the week off. I don't have to stay as late this week because I mean we're not going up against a number number another number one team. Uh, the Broncos were struggling coming into this game, but. You know, there's a saying, any given Sunday, which simply means that in this league, it doesn't matter what your record is. If you don't come out ready to play, you can get embarrassed. And unfortunately for the Cowboys, I think they were embarrassed on Sunday in front of a electric crowd in Dallas. I think everyone was ready to celebrate another big win, uh, considering how well they've played this year, you know, but it just it wasn't the case. Yeah, I think, too, like Dak Prescott, he missed – previous week against the Vikings, I think he was just trying to overcompensate for that missed week and it just backfired. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if you're Dak Prescott, I'm sure you're uh, extremely excited to come back off of your injury. Um, You know, he wanted to make some big plays and and he went for it. I mean, they were really throwing the ball down the field. I'm not sure if that was the game plan or if Dak was um, forcing the issue, but you know, it appeared as though Dak was just a little off. You know, he made a lot of the correct reads or the decisions that he made were pretty good, but the ball placement, it just wasn't what we were, you know, used to seeing from Dak, especially this year. He's been pretty accurate. Um, so I'm not sure if that's part of his injury, if it comes down to having a lack of practice time this week um, coming off of the injury. You know, hopefully Dak Prescott can figure it out and come back and have a much better game uh, against the Falcons, and, and I think they will. Yeah, I think this will be their week to bounce back. They are nine-point favorites against Atlanta. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they can bounce back. Definitely. Um, so recent news, OBJ is going to go to the Rams, L.A. Rams. And by OBJ, you mean? Odell Beckham Jr. Yes, Odell Beckham Jr., formerly on the Cleveland Browns, former New York Giant, um, had an amazing viral catch 
since then it's been a whole lot of up and down for the for the young receiver I guess he's not that young anymore but um, you know this is a defining moment in Odell's career he basically you know once he cleared the waiver wire earlier in the week he was able to sign with any team that he chose or any team that he would have liked to choose and he's made that decision to come to the LA Rams Odell Beckham Jr. has had a home in LA for the last you know several years even though he's been a Cleveland Brown uh, he's maintained residency in LA at least uh, you know I think at least half the year I mean a good portion of the year so not shocked to see that Odell Beckham Jr. wants to be in LA full time I mean have you been there have you seen the weather right so well, you uh, have your best friend LeBron there, too. So. Yeah, I mean, LeBron, you know, wow. What a, what an evolution of LeBron, you know, going against his hometown Cleveland team, uh, saying, come on out to L.A., OBJ. Welcome to the, welcome to the city of angels. Um, but, I mean, this, is, this has been the trend in L.A. just in, in all sports, not just football, loading up on talent, loading up on big names, um, ever since LeBron showed up to town, it seems as though every team, every pro team has stepped up their game. So very fun to watch, I think, moving forward, how Odell Beckham Jr. fits into this uh, loaded offense. And, you know, the LA Rams currently have the number one receiver in the league already on their team in Cooper uh Cooper Cup, excuse me, I almost said Cooper Rush, uh, which is the Cowboys' backup quarterback. <laughs> we talked about him enough last week, I think. But Cooper Cup is having an outstanding year for the Rams, and now they have another weapon in Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Matt Stafford, the new quarterback there, I'm sure he has uh, nothing but smiles after he's heard this news this afternoon. And they just got Vaughn Miller, correct, too? Yes. Yeah, so Denver. they also, you know, good point there. They also got Vaughn Miller, um, former Super Bowl defensive, um, you know, just hurricane on the field. I mean, he was giving Cam Newton all sorts of fits in that Super Bowl a few years ago, earned the MVP honors. He's had an outstanding career out in Denver. Um, however, there was some drama in that locker room. He was moved. I'm not sure what the reasoning was. Some suspect that the Denver is turning the page, trying to get capital uh, and make a run at a quarterback potentially for next year. Um, but of course, it worked out for Von Miller, right? He went from, a, I believe it was 4-4 four and four team to being on a team that was seven and one. So, uh, you know, I think it was a win-win. Yeah. <laughs> if you're Von Miller, you got to be happy. If you're Odell Beckham Jr., you got to be happy. So it's very clear and obvious now that the Rams are going all in. They're pushing their chips into the middle of the table and they are trying to make a run at another Super Bowl. Um, like I said, I'm not surprised. Will they get it done though? That's the question. It'll be interesting to see. Now, because of the Aaron Rodgers COVID ramifications, they lost last week against the Chiefs. Um, and if they lose again this week against Seattle, the number one seed is wide open between, I think, the Packers obviously have a chance to, to get it back. But, you know, the Arizona Cardinals have been extremely, um, you know, they've been on a roll all year. They've been extremely, you know, impressive based on their, their year last year. Um, and a lot of that is Kyler Murray's credit. But, I mean, we can't, we can't forget to mention the Cowboys, you know, Despite that game on Sunday, they've had an incredible year. Their offense has been unstoppable in every other game. So I think it'll come down to, 
you know, Tampa Bay, the the Tampa, the Tampa, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, led by Tom Brady, um, they're always going to be relevant. I would expect to see Tom in in you know late January doing what he does. But will it be the Rams? Will it be the Cowboys? Will it be the Cardinals that you know face him in that matchup? Who knows? I think it's still wide open and too early to tell. I agree. And then our matchups that we picked this week. We picked the Browns versus the Patriots to watch. The Patriots are two-and-a-half-point favorites, playing at home. Um, Baker has to go against Bill Belichick. Yes, Baker versus Bill. This is going to be probably one of my favorite matchups of the week um, for all the mention, or all the reasons you just mentioned. Now, Baker, we just we bragged on Baker here early. We just said that he came out and, and silenced all the critics, you know, had, had one of the best games of his career. Can he back that up again against arguably the greatest coach of all time and defensive maestro Bill Belichick, who is notorious for making quarterbacks look embarrassed and, and just, you know, humiliated in, in front of thousands of people, you know, year in, year out. Baker, um, I'm, I'm not sure that Baker is going to have some of the same issues that these rookie quarterbacks have had against Bill, but I would expect to see Baker, you know, he's probably going to make a few mistakes um, just because when you go up against Bill Belichick, he, he has a way of doing that, forcing you to make bad decisions. But I expect this to be a very close game. Uh, New England, you know, they're a very surprising team, a very intriguing team to watch. Not many people you know, gave them any sort of chance to, to make a playoff run or a deep playoff run this year. But, um, you know, after a lackluster year last year with Cam Newton, they decided to move on with their rookie, Mac Jones, former Alabama superstar. I think Bill Belichick, you know, he's having the last laugh. You know, he did spend a, a tremendous amount of money in the offseason building this team from, uh, you know, from the from scratch, essentially. He went in and bought a team in free agency, drafted the Mac Jones in, in round one. And what they've done so far is pretty impressive. So I expect it to be a very close game. You know, I think Vegas, they you know, clearly do too. So mm-hmm. excited to see what happens. Um, and then we obviously talked about Green Bay, Green Bay versus Seattle. Russell Wilson is back this week. Aaron Rodgers is going to be back. Um, Green Bay is a three-and-a-half-point favorite, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, you know, anytime some of the best two quarterbacks in the league go up against each other, it's must-see TV, um, especially since they were, they've were they both been out. So I know for a fact, you know, the competitive nature in both of them is going to be at the forefront. They're going to want to come out, have a hot start, make a ton of big plays. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that prevails or if, you know, because they've been in the league long enough to know um, that you can't do it all in one play. You know, I think, you know, they've been around longer than Patrick Mahomes has. Uh, so hopefully, you know, they don't make any mistakes early. Hopefully the game is, um, you know, of course, as a fan, you're rooting for a little bit of chaos. But, you know, I don't think we want the game to be over in the first quarter because one player is forcing, uh, you know, too many, too many mistakes. But I think the, the coaches, you know, they know what they're doing. I think the game plan is going to be good on both sides. And um, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, I think they're going to go out there and show everyone why they're two of the more higher-paid quarterbacks in the league. Yep. And then finally, Sunday Night Football, Chiefs versus the Raiders. 
this is going to be a very interesting matchup. Um, you know, I think at the beginning of the year, everyone looked at the schedules and just assumed that by this time, the Kansas City Chiefs would be rolling, you know, taking a hold of the division while the Raiders, you know, typically at this time of year, they fall off a cliff and tend to sink towards the bottom of the rankings. However, you know, since then, things have changed tremendously on, on both sides. Uh, the narrative with, you know, the Chiefs, we've talked about that, you know, what's going on inside Patrick Mahomes' head, you know, what's going on with the coaching staff there. But on, you know, on the Raiders' side of the coin... They've you know, had a lot going on the past few weeks. They've had an awful lot going on, starting with their head coach, you know, being in the crosshairs of the media, the crosshairs of the league, and the general public just for, um, you know, let's, let's call it like it is, pretty despicable behavior dating back to his time at ESPN. Um, you know, he was removed from the team. Mark Davis, the owner, let him go. But since then, they've dealt with, you know, the incident with Henry Ruggs, which we talked about last weekend. That was a heartbreaking, uh, you know, tragedy that, you know, lives were changed forever because of that. Very sad. Um, so it's not good for the team, obviously, because he was one of their better players. But then again, recently, um, you know, Young player Arnett, out of the you know Ohio State Buckeye program, drafted pretty high as a cornerback, was you know just released from the team for uh, a video that surfaced on social media showing Arnett waving a gun, making threats. Um, you know, <laughs> we're not in the business of analyzing that topic, but not good as a football team to have to deal with this many distractions. New coach in the middle of the season, letting two of your younger, better players go. Um, can they overcome it? You know, we'll see. Derek Carr, their quarterback, has done a tremendous job over the years, um, you know, leading the ship through the tumultuous times that they've faced. It seems like the Raiders are always fighting through adversity, whether it's moving the team to a new city, having a new coach, losing players in the middle of the season. I mean, you know, there's a lot to deal with. But right. I think they're trying to stay positive, right? He's made positive comments. Yeah, I think that's the only option. Um, if you wanna, if you wanna save whatever's left of your season, you have to stay positive. You ha- he mentioned, you know, I have to compartmentalize this because that's my only choice. Can the team rally behind this? I think it's possible. I, I think the Raiders might come out there and play inspired football. Um, you know, when a team, when they face adversity together, you know, it's like a foxhole effect. You know, you band together. It's us against the world. You know. The Tom Brady, New England Patriots, they use that motto a lot, you know, us against the world, even though they, I think, had the half of the NFL fans were Patriots fans at one point. It's all about your mindset as a team. Um, And and I think that will inspire them to play really good football. Um, But we'll see. Yep. Lots of good games to watch. Finally, before we go, Hard Knock starts next week. I may be more excited for this than anyone else out there um, because, I'll be honest, I am a longtime Indianapolis Colts fan. The Colts rarely get this much national attention, or at least they haven't since at least since um, the Andrew Luck retirement and then before that, Peyton Manning. I'm very excited, obviously, as a fan, but I think there are going to be many interesting storylines here that not just Colts fans are going to find interesting. 
I think a, a large portion of fans out in Philadelphia are going to be tuning in each week also. Absolutely. Because their former top draft pick, Carson Wentz, is now wearing the blue and white. You know, they he was essentially the scapegoat along with the coach, Doug Peterson. You know, <laughs> they, they won a Super Bowl in Philly. All of a sudden, a couple of years later, they have a new coach and a new quarterback. So... Carson Wentz has been reunited with his his right-hand guy, Frank Reich, who is also from Philadelphia. So there's a lot of Philly ties here. I think there's going to be a big market in Philly tuning in every week. Jonathan Taylor, the standout young running back, is going to be a major storyline. Um, he's a brilliant young person. He had the opportunity to attend Harvard University to play football. But keep in mind, he was he was accepted as a regular student. You know, Ivy League schools that cannot make these wild exemptions for athletes. You know, you do have to get accepted. And Jonathan Taylor was easily admitted into that program. He was recruited hard by that staff. Uh, he essentially was too good to play there, and he had a better offer to go to a Power Five school. Ended up choosing Wisconsin, and never looked back. But I think there's there's still interest in his mind. Um, looking towards the sky, which is ironic, you know, because when he was a little kid, he always wanted to be an astronaut. And, um, you know, he even had a, a Wisconsin, one of his coaches at Wisconsin said that if he wasn't so good at football, he would be working for NASA, which is always his, his childhood dream. So I think they're going to cover that. I think he's going to have an opportunity to showcase, you know, some of his other interests off the field besides football. Um, so I think those two things combined are going to make this, you know, a really successful first ever in-season version of Hard Knocks for HBO. I agree. Do you have anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? Now, okay, we, we gave the Colts a pretty good plug in there. Also, uh, there's another documentary coming out based around Tom Brady, um, who I'd hate to admit, but is probably the greatest quarterback to ever do it. He has a documentary coming out from his own production company. I believe it's 199 Productions, which he was the 199th draft pick. If you think that he forgot that, you're crazy. Clearly did not. Um, but he is coming out with a, a documentary that showcases his life, the journey that is, you know, his life going from Bay Area, California to Ann Arbor, Michigan, getting drafted late, going to the New England Patriots and now being down there in Tampa Bay. So it'll be interesting to watch that journey for a long time in New England. I don't want to say he was censored. But he was censored. You know, Bill Belichick does not like a, a team to get out there and talk too much. So I think for the first time ever, we're going to see Tom Brady open up and, and let us, you know, see him and his family's uh, perspective on the last 20, 25 years. So have to be fair, have to mention the other guy, <laughs> the other guy in the Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, longtime rivalry that I grew up watching, that we grew up watching. Um, so that'll be interesting as well. Plenty of content to, to get around the TV for in the next few weeks. We will be here to cover every single bit of it. Um, but with that being said, we want to keep it pretty short. We're going to try to keep it to 30 minutes from now on. Um, but this is episode two of the First and Forever podcast. Please subscribe, download, and tell your friends if you enjoyed the show and leave a review, okay? And even if you didn't like the show, leave us a review and tell us what we could have done better uh, that would have made it more entertaining for you. 
Um, so that's all I got, Morgan. Do you have anything else for for anyone listening? I think that covers it. All righty. That'll be it. Come check us out next week on episode three.